0: Thanks for downloading this show from PC One. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Garnishing your ham with pineapple? Pair it with a delicious Chardonnay to make their taste buds swirl.
1: Deviled eggs are even better when paired with a light, dry wine like a bubbly Prosecco or a Pinot Grigio.
0: For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can help you find the perfect one in your budget. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Restore, and you're listening to Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking. We're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every Wednesday in my New York City apartment. And sitting across from me at the table today is Leanne Larcella. And you're going to find out why I am so excited that Leanne, well, first of all, she drove like two and a half hours to get here. So thank you, Leanne. Three years ago, Leanne fell in love with a goat. And now goat's not like a new word for a guy who's a loser. She (laughs) fell in love with like (laughs) a real goat. She walked away from her high-paying career. She traded in her high heels for muck boots, and I'm a little jealous already, even though I'm not sure what I'm doing to do with muck boots, but I'm great for trading in the high heels, <laughs> and her Mercedes for a pickup truck, and she built a farm in New Jersey to rescue and care for orphaned and disabled goats. Okay, so as you can imagine, her story took off on Instagram on a page called Goats of Anarchy, where we can follow the goats and Leanne's roads less traveled. Last I checked, she had around 400,000 followers on Instagram. And this is exciting. She has a really, really cool new book called Goats of Anarchy, One Woman's Quest to Save the World, One Goat at a Time. So Leanne's story is about really a leap of faith and taking that leap of faith that we all talk about so much. And the stars of her show, though, are the GOATs. So we're going to hear all about the GOATs and Leanne, and I'm going to kick it off with my mentoring moment. But first, I want to tell you about Gender Avenger, the actions they're taking, and you know, my favorite word is action. So remember that time a congressional panel on contraception was made up entirely of men, and we said... How could this happen in 2012? And that has turned into, how could this happen in 2015, 2016, and 2017? Whether it's about politics or tech or finance or culture, sadly, we aren't surprised. Well, women's voices are missing, and Gender Avenger is doing something about it, and you can too. Your first stop is to go to genderavenger.com. So the next time you notice an all or almost all male panel or read about an upcoming conference and there are no women or very few women on the stage, visit genderavenger.com. The next time you're scanning an opinion page or watching the news and notice the absence of women's voices, visit genderavenger.com and become a gender avenger. Learn what you can do to demand change wherever women's voices are missing. How powerful is that? Hey, it's Jordan Harbinger. For the last 10 years, I've successfully helped people build their self-confidence with my Art of Charm podcast. And now, along with Art of Charm, I'm hosting a new show. It's Podcast One's latest program, The Forbes List. On the show, we talk to the Forbes editors that curate their famous and respected lists like self-made richest people, billionaires, and highest-paid athletes. We'll get behind-the-scenes insight and information that doesn't make the print cut. It launches this week on February 16th, so please subscribe on iTunes to the Forbes list and don't forget to rate us, review, and share. And now, back to the kitchen table with Leanne and my mentoring moment. So last week... I'm sitting here in my kitchen being that at home entrepreneur, you know, looking, I have sweatpants on, maybe, I'm not even quite sure. I'm not sure if I've eaten what Uh I've not eaten. Maybe I did eat. I don't Uh know. And I get a call from the doorman saying, you have a flower delivery. And I'm like, what day? I'm like really thinking, is it my anniversary? No, that's in October. (laughs) Is it my birthday? No, that was in December. It's like, Uh what could possibly be happening? So my first thing I say is, oh, I think they're for someone else. And he says, no, they're for you. And I'm like, okay. So I get the flowers and they're from a young woman who I helped her amplify her story and her voice. That's what I said, because it wasn't expected. (laughs) And I don't ever expect that. I mean, we do this all for the sisterhood, right? Right. Not, not to get something. The flowers were beautiful. They were absolutely beautiful. And Emily, if you're listening, thank you. But what was more beautiful, the flowers were beautiful, but equally or more beautiful was the fact that it was unexpected. It was that surprise of something, yeah, that I didn't expect at all. And it wasn't needed. It wasn't expected. And I thought, this really does make your day when someone goes out of their way
1: to do something really nice. Well, you didn't realize how much you touched her. Right. It was not even, it was something unexpected because you, you know, it meant more to her than you even knew.
0: Exactly. But
1: what it also, and it, that's
0: so true. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, you really sometimes need to take that step back, right? right. And realize how we are impacting each other's exactly. lives. But what also happened was I thought, I want to surprise my mom today. So my mom will be 90 and she lives in Pittsburgh and she's still dancing and getting around, but she doesn't drive anymore. So, and that's a good thing for all of us. So so I called her friend and I said, who's in her seventies, I said, will you take my mom to the store and buy her a new coat? I've been after her to get a new coat and she keeps saying, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. So will you just take her and buy her a new coat for me? So she goes over unexpectedly, picks up my mom. And my mom calls me a few hours later, like she's 12 years old. So like over the moon (laughs) that she got a new red coat. There's something red in our family. I've told the red shoes story, the red coat. And here's the best part. I tell this story to Emily. I email her and thank her for the flowers and tell her how meaningful it was and what happened. And she said, you just encouraged me. To do something now for my mom who lives 3,000
1: miles away from me. That's the whole pay it forward movement. Yes. And it's like,
0: <laughs> it's contagious, right? Yeah. And I love how it circled around to Emily again, <laughs> yeah. it's like, Emily's like, okay, I'm going to do one more thing. But I thought all it ta- takes is a little effort sometimes. I mean, you know, right. calling my mom's friend and my mom's friend going to take my mom is an effort because she likes my mom, but it takes you doing something. Sometimes it's not that difficult. To just do something unexpected for someone that's contagious. So that's my message to everyone today. And Leanne, you do great things for people and goats and all the time. Um, But for people who maybe you aren't doing as many great things, and Leanne, we could do more great things as well, right? But if you aren't, go do something great now for someone. (laughs) That's my message. Just get up and go do something because it is contagious. It is. So that is my mentoring moment. I love it. But Your, mom st- you.
1: Your mom sounds like a spunky lady with a red coat. She, my mom <laughs> is
0: very spunky. I've shared videos of my mom dancing at her 89th oh, birthday party, so her in her leopard coat. That's um, so cute. She's very spunky.
1: Leopard and red, wow. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs>
0: she's very spunky. Um, she. I, I've told many stories about my mom, but she really is my role model in so many ways. And I know we say that a lot, but the real piece of it is that she lives her life where does she live in Pittsburgh
1: oh okay so it's not yeah. that far
0: no no but we don't you know it's still far enough away yeah that we just don't get to see each other as often it's not like her being here where we can go over on Sunday afternoon or she can right. come over whatever day she wants it's a planned trip
1: yeah
0: so I want to hear now your mentoring moment
1: um, I would have to say mine would be, you know, I was working in the city as an event planner and, um, living the city life that was stressful, uh, working t- what seemed like 24 seven. And, um, I started commuting when I left the city, I moved, got married and moved to New Jersey and I started commuting and I was sitting in that dreaded, horrible uh, tunnel traffic, which you could sit, you know, standing for about forty-five minutes without moving one car length. And I don't know if it was a conversation that I had at work or or something that came up on the computer. Something sparked in me to search. I know I was on doing something illegal, and I was on my phone. On the internet while I was okay, so driving. Okay, you heard it first here. Don't come after me. This was five <laughs> well, years ago. We're going to hear the sirens. And it's going to be like I'm coming after Leanne. <laughs> this we was six really years ago. So, um, but I searched in my phone um, factory farming and I wasn't familiar with the term. I had heard of it, but I never really learned about it. I never researched it. So I was sitting there and I searched factory farming and within just two or three minutes The images that came up, um, the the brief stories and videos that I watched sitting in traffic right there in my car, I was so just horrified and angry that I never heard this stuff before, you know, that these things are being kept from the general public. And I went vegetarian in my car right there, and this was six years ago. Um, And from there, I just... Had this immediate. I've always been an animal lover, but I had never given farm animals really a second thought. I was a city girl at that time. I had a three and a half pound Chihuahua that I bought on, you know, Lexington <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> so I just developed this immediate, you know, compassion for farm animals. Like this is so horrible that they are treated this way, and I wanted to know more. So. I started researching on my own, um, watching, forcing myself to watch these horrible undercover videos with the whistleblowers and documentaries and studying all about factory farming. And a few months later, I became vegan which was hard because I was a cheese addict. I'm from Texas, so we put sour cream, butter, cheese, and hot sauce on everything with your three different types of meat on one plate. So it was um, it was scary because if you would have asked me the one thing that you could take on a deserted island, it would have been cheese. <laughs> and right. so it has now been five years with not one bite of cheese, and I feel better than ever. But anyway, that whole um, experience is what – led, you know, to my compassion for farm animals, which led to getting goats and that led to um rescue, an interest in rescue, which then um eventually led to um special needs. So it was life changing and I'll never forget it. Okay, so you as you know, and I wanna remind our listeners, although
0: Leanne and I have talked Previously, We haven't dug deep into her story because I really want us to be able to share this story for the first time, just like we're having, so that you can be a part of our conversation. This is not planned. So I have so many questions going through my mind right okay. now. So one <laughs> of them is,
1: why goats? Everyone always asks me that. And oh, no, I, mean, I hate being like everybody. <laughs> no, but, but I, I just don't have an answer. Um, it's So the only thing that I can really remember was, you know, my husband and I moved to New Jersey. And, and this is before you, was before before, you became a vegetarian, um, before I became vegetarian and we, you know, I got married. My husband refused to live in the city. So we moved to New Jersey and I started to commute, which was awful. Um, but out in New Jersey, people who aren't from New Jersey don't know, you know, next to the city is not so great, but if you move on out, it's beautiful, you know, farms and horse farms and it's just, I agree. yeah, it's, beautiful. it's really, really pretty my, my family was like New Jersey, like, what are you? Right. But then they came out and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. So, um, I would see farms, you know, by us and I would see, you know, the cows and the horses all out in the field and sheep and all these little herds of little goats. And I just thought they were so cute in these little herds. And one day, um, we visited a goat, little goat farm. I just said, Oh, I want to stop here and I'm going to go look at them. And They had all the little babies that were just a couple of weeks old jumping around. And then some of the adult goats came over and they just were so engaging and they were so, there was something about their eyes and they just had so much personality and so friendly and, and dog-like. And I just fell in love with them and I just said, I have to have goats. So I, I got some, um, my first, my first two goats, you know, this is before I got into rescue. So my first two goats, I actually bought vegans. Don't kill me. I actually, this is before I knew, you know, a lot about all of this stuff. And I bought my first two baby goats. Um, and I was, I was hooked. Okay. So why would vegans kill you if you bought two
0: baby goats?
1: Well, because, um, they are taken from their mothers right after birth and it's really pretty awful. Um, I have now seen that happen and, you know, the whole point, which is, you know, the factory farming and and for dairy is the female goats or cows, they don't produce milk unless they have just had a baby. So a lot of farms and breeders will take the baby right after birth and sell them or slaughter them or whatever they they are going to do so that they can have that milk for themselves and make milk and cheese and soap. Um, I'm not saying they all do that, but a lot of them do.
0: Then how did you go from having the two goats to saying I'm going to quit my job and have a goat farm and take care of orphaned
1: and disabled goats. I was working in the city and getting dressed up every day, putting my high heels on, you know, going shopping on the weekend to buy what I was going to wear to work. You know, you had to look good. You had to you have the designer bags and all of that. And, and you were an event planner, right? I was an event planner in in the meatpacking district in New York City, and I got these two little baby goats, and I just. You know was spending a lot of time outside. They did live in the house for a couple of weeks. We moved them outside and so I started spending a lot of you know time outside and the the fresh air and cleaning and I'm outside mucking a little goat house and picking up goat poop. And I'm like, I love this. <laughs> okay. There's something wrong there, but go ahead. <laughs> it was, no. just, it was, it was therapy, right. you know, it was just that break, that. Right. you know, we were talking before about taking a break from, you know, your cell phone and, you know, I didn't have my phone. I didn't have, I just had that mental break or that was, I would find myself thinking and I'm out there raking and cleaning and thinking. And I just kept thinking, Oh my God, this is therapy. I love this. And two months later, I got three more. I told my husband I was only getting two, but then I lied to him and I said, <laughs> well, she only has triplets, <laughs> so we can't, we can't take you know, two and leave the other triplet. Later, he found out I lied. It was just three. They weren't even related.
0: Right. That's great. <laughs> wanted... So, so far, you're, you're, you're on your phone while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. You lie to your husband no.
1: am <laughs> Teasing you it? Yes. So, and they didn't look anything alike, which is even funnier. But He believed me until just recently. Um, he found out the truth. That's great. <laughs> put it in my book. That's great. So, yeah. So, then I had five and it was just that much more work and that much more time outside. And I fell that much more in love with, with goats in that whole life. And I was pretty miserable at work. It was just really consuming my life. And I started to ask myself, you know, like this can't be what life is. I feel like I'm literally just wasting my life away, working. You know, I get up, I go to work I work until midnight. And then I get up and I do it again. And for what? It was for somebody else. It wasn't for my own business. It wasn't for me. I'm making someone else money. And I just said, I want to do something else. I could just feel like something else was just calling my name and I didn't have any clue what it was. I knew that I wanted to do something with animals, but I thought, how in the world could I ever survive off of doing something with animals unless you're a vet or, you know, you can't really make a living. And, um, I talked to my husband about it and I said, I, you know, I want to do something else, but as long as I'm working like this, I don't have time to even think about it. I want to quit my job and I've never been without a job before and he agreed. So I just- You have a great husband. Yeah, (laughs) I do. He's been very supportive of this whole crazy, um, dream of mine. So I just, um, I just went for it. I quit my job with no plan and, um, and it's working out. I'm very happy. So I was thinking
0: earlier today. So many stories revolve around us giving up our high-heeled shoes. I wonder if we could go, if we all wore flats how much happier we would just be in life. I was with a young woman the other day and she said, I haven't worn high heels in two years and I've never been happier. And it's like, maybe that's the clue to all things in life. We
1: just need to give up the high heels. I think so. I actually, it's been two years since I've worn them also. And I did try and I'm like, I don't even know how to walk. Like My back hurts everything. I used to walk around in five inch heels, like all through the city. And like, it was nothing. So tell me some goat stories, some of
0: your favorite goat stories.
1: Well, I, I mean, I have a lot, I have a a goat who is, he was actually my first, um, rescue goat. So after I had my five, you know, I quit my job and I started volunteering for an animal sanctuary. Just, you know, I wanted to get involved with rescue while I took this time to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I had these two little baby goats come to me, The sanctuary asked, it was a horrible cruelty case. They were overloaded with animals. They knew I had been bottle feeding goats before. So they asked, can you foster two little baby goats? I'm like, of course, you know, I'll foster them for you. With no intentions of keeping them, just getting them through the bottle. And they were very, very ill. They both had E. coli and almost didn't live. Well, one of them was a little black goat. He was three days old and his name is Ansel. He was on death's door for about two weeks, just scrawny and pathetic and so tiny and skinny. After we got him over, you know, the illness, he started to grow and get crazy. And he is now my biggest goat. He's probably 150 pounds. He looks like a little horse, huge horns. He's jet black. He's pretty intimidating looking, but we nicknamed him Ansel the Destroyer because he Every day, it's like he wakes up and says, what am I going to destroy today? Such as? Like, what does he destroy? At the first, you know, we've moved now. But when I first started with goats, I had a cute little playhouse. It was like a children's playhouse in our backyard. And, you know, I decided to make that into the goat house. Well, the inside was drywall because this used to be a children's playhouse. He took every bit of drywall out of that playhouse And he has opened every chicken coop door, every latch, every lock. He is so smart. I mean, if there's a gate, he will get through it. I have to every night. um, I have to put him in his own pen inside the barn because he's kind of a terror. He's so big. And I would go out in the morning and he's out. I'm like, how are you getting out of this pen? So I have a camera and I reviewed the tape and I watched him and he just headbutt headbutt the gate over and over until he just finally popped it open. So now I have to chain and deadbolt him into his, his, he's crazy. So you gave up your
0: high heels <laughs> for, <laughs> for the, yes. for this. No, no, but it is, it's where your heart is. I, and I can see that. So what I want to hear though, also is about your goat who wears the duck suit.
1: Polly, Polly went viral. She, we that, that, that should be the name of one of your books. Polly, Polly went, went viral. viral. Yeah. Polly is a, you know, she came to me from actually New Jersey. I get goats from all over the country. Um, and they're never from New Jersey, but she, I finally got one from New Jersey that I didn't have to travel across the country for. And she came to me as just a, a two month old little baby. The people that had her, you know, said she was blind. Um, and that's, you know, was pretty obvious, but then, you know, the longer that I had her, uh, the more I realized there was something else going on with her. It wasn't just blindness. And I took her to the vet and they said, she's got some major neurological issues going on. She has, you know, uh, some brain damage, which probably caused the blindness. So because of that, she's got, uh, a lot of anxiety, So she's in the house right now, full time. She just, I've tried several times putting her outside and it's very overwhelming and stressful for her. She doesn't know where she is, but she would sit in my house and if she couldn't find me, she would go into a corner and just start sucking on the wall. So all of the corners in my house have little suck marks on the wall from her little lips (laughs) where she would just suck. Very strange, but it was just this anxiety. So I started to swaddle her in a blanket. Like you do for some kids, you know, some of the kids that are autistic, the swaddling and the heavy weighted blankets work for them. And it worked very much the same for her. So I would put her on the, on the couch, swaddled up in a blanket and she was happy and it calmed her down immediately. And then October rolled around this past year, which is Halloween. I don't make it a practice of dressing up my animals, (laughs) but we do have a little fun with some of them who don't mind at Halloween. So I'm walking through the store and I see this cute little, it's a toddler, you know, for like a, I think it was a 12 month old, uh, duck costume. I'm like, Oh, how cute. I have to get this and put this on one of the baby goats. So I brought it home and I put it on Polly and she, one of her things is with these neurological issues, she'll sit straight up like a person straight up and down. And she just, it doesn't, it's not like it's on a bench. She's on the, the couch, It's co- you know, cushiony. So she'll sit straight up and down and just not move. And it's just like a little, a little child. So I put her in that and I just noticed she almost went into like a trance that instantly calmed her. It felt like swaddling. So I took a couple of pictures. Ha, ha So cute. And then I, a, a few days later, you know, she starts getting into one of her, anxiety moments where she's walking around the house calling for me and she can't find me. I put the duck costume on her thinking it's kind of like swaddling. And I remembered how it it happened the last time where it calmed her immediately. She just falls asleep. I'm like, this is really weird. So I tried it. I started doing it and she just would instantly calm down, just go to sleep. It just was comforting to her. And I did an interview with the dodo, about you know, they wanted to know Polly's story and one of our other goats' pocket story. And I just mentioned to me, it was not that big of a deal the duck costume. And they thought, Oh, that's so cute. They wrote an article about it and it just went viral. I, it was, it was crazy. And the headlines were, you know, they got a little nuts. They, goat battling severe anxiety only calms down with the goat the duck costume and i'm like okay right. that's, not,
0: that's, we're taking that's a, the media for you
1: or a woman takes goat in a in a duck costume shopping all over town and i'm like i one time i took right. her to a store we were on the way home from the vet and one time it qualifies as fake news kind of yes it went a little crazy but i was getting ugh, calls i mean 20 to different calls a day from media outlets all over the world and asking for interviews. And so Polly went very, a lot of you may recognize Polly. If you just search uh, Goat in a Duck Costume, you'll probably recognize it because it was everywhere.
0: And I'll share it also on (laughs) on social. So Leanne, before we get into takeaways, I want to remind everyone to visit genderavenger.com. We all know that we need to take action to have women's voices heard, but sometimes we just don't know where or how, and that's where Gender Avenger comes in. Like the next time you ask, how can this be happening in 2017? Like how can a congressional panel on contraception be made up entirely of men? The next time that happens, visit GenderAvenger.com to do something about it. The next time you notice an all or almost all-male panel or read about an upcoming conference and there are no women or just a handful of women on the stage, visit genderavenger.com. And the next time you're reading an opinion page, watching the news, and you notice the absence of women's voices, visit genderavenger.com. Whether it's about politics or tech or finance or culture, become a gender avenger and learn what you can do to demand change wherever women's voices are missing. We're all about taking action. So let one of your actions be. Go to GenderAvenger.com to have your voice be heard. Hey, this is Roxy Diaz. And this is Nina Parker. Now, we are two pop culture veterans who love nothing more than talking about the latest trending topics. Now, we're talking about everything the relationships, music, celebrities, and maybe the banana pics I get in my DM. <laughs>
1: I don't know. We're talking about everything.
0: All right, now you get to join us every week on our new podcast, Little Black Dress with Roxy and Nina. Check out new episodes on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on iTunes. Guys, it's the Little Black Dress because every woman has one.
1: At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it? Covered it? Click for more.
0: We are farmers. Bum, 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 Underwritten by farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state. Mentoring moments. Takeaway. So we're on takeaways and I've asked our listeners, what questions would they want to ask you? And there are so many, but the one that really hit home for me is, did you give up one set of stressors living in New York City, having that apartment, living the crazy life and the commute for another set of stressors. And I'll add on to that before we, before you answer the question in that earlier we were talking too about you're up in the middle of the night, feeding the goats, people are calling you saying, you know, help, I have a goat. So my the first question is, did you trade in stressors? And the second part would be if somebody's thinking about getting a pet goat, not even thinking about having a farm, but thinking about a pet goat, what advice do you have? But the first one is the stressors.
1: I definitely was looking when I left the city to r- relieve stress. I was tired of, you know, on the weekends, I couldn't even talk. I was so stressed out. I lose my voice just from, just from work. And I thought, Oh, the country life calling my name. It's going to be, you know, kicking back with a piece of straw hanging out of my (laughs) mouth on a rocking chair. And that's a great visual. Yeah. I wish that, that that's what I was doing. So, you know, I did, you know, I did trade in one set of stressors for another. Um, but they're completely different and, and worth it. I am now busier than I was before. And I thought I was giving up that busy, you know, that busy life. I am twice as busy. I'm running, you know, a rescue, a business. And I told you before, I think that when you are that type of person, you're always going to be that way. And even if you try to leave, you know, something stressful, you know, and you're working all the time, if you're a worker, you're a worker. But we were talking earlier, Leah
0: was saying, you know, we, she and I are very similar in that. We're working 24-7, and that's just our personality. There
1: is no vacation where you're not working. I know, I know, but that's got to change. But go ahead, your story. (laughs) So... Um, so yeah, it's just different and it's worth it because it's my dream. And I feel, you know, before I felt like what I was doing was not worth anything. It wasn't meaningful. It wasn't bringing any value to, I was an event planner, which is great. But for me, I just thought it's not, it's not doing anything worthwhile for, you know, my opinion, um, And this is worth it to me. It's, you know, I'm changing the lives for these little baby goats, and they are changing lives of their followers. I get all of these messages from people, and I'm always blown away. Stories from our followers, you know, I'm battling cancer or I'm battling um, drug addiction or depression, or I have a special needs child and following your goats and watching them. And as they overcome these obstacles, if they can do it, I can do it. And, Uh -uh. you know, their letters like make me cry. And I'm just thinking, okay, that's the bigger picture. You know, I, of course I want to save goats and I want to work with the special needs goats and even kids maybe, but they're really touching lives and being inspirations to people all over the world. That is a great story. And I think sometimes we look
0: at things just on the surface of why people are doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But when you get down to why you're doing it, just like you said, said, there's much bigger meaning than and I don't want to say just having the goats of anarchy, because mm-hmm. that's a big thing, but there's a bigger meaning to it all. And, and you're I,
1: doing your books,
0: but you were going to say something. Go ahead.
1: Well, I didn't expect that part of it. You know, when I started my Instagram account, one thing I didn't say earlier is I started my Instagram account when I got the first two goats and I called it goats of anarchy because at the time I was binge watching sons of anarchy and I thought, Oh, how cute goats of anarchy. I'm going to name them Jackson Opie after two of the, the characters thought nothing. I had a, an Instagram account for family and friends, you know, maybe like 2000 followers that were into goats and on my First day of unemployment, Instagram featured one of my photos on their homepage, which they have, I don't know how many million followers. And I got 30,000 followers within just a first few hours. And I thought, all right, I'm taking that as a sign I'm on the right track. And I never expected, even when I started the actual rescue, number one, I have no medical background. I've never worked for a vet. I still get totally Weirded out, you know, dealing with some of, you know, grossed out and nauseous, dealing with some of the stuff that I deal with. I have no business doing what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I had, I never expected to get into special needs. It just happened very naturally and very organic. And it's really um, opening the doors to a lot of other opportunities. You know, we want to really have programs for special needs kids um, eventually. And It was just all very unexpected, but in a good way. But back to the question, you wanted to know about my advice for goat owners. One of the things I get a lot are, you know, people that see my Instagram and they see how cute baby goats are and how much I talk like they are great pets and they're just like dogs and then they'll go out and they'll get baby goats and they haven't done any research they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to feed them. They don't know where to put them. So my, my number one advice is to do your research. The big thing I always say is an only goat is a lonely goat. You cannot get a goat. They're herd animals. They are extremely social. They have to be with their own kind. You cannot have a goat and a dog or a goat and a duck or a goat and a horse. You have to have at least two goats together. So if you can't take care financially of two don't don't get one. And what is like the financial piece of it? Um the biggest
0: if, if the if the goat is healthy. So what is
1: Well the biggest the biggest thing that I run into are unexpected medical expenses? Just like with a the dog, you know, people think that goats are you know, they have this reputation for eating ten cans and right? that is so not true. <laughs> they don't? <laughs> no. They are you know, they're actually really fragile, susceptible to a lot of injuries because of their curious nature and they're, you know, susceptible to a lot of illnesses and, um, they're fragile and they need not a dog vet. They need a farm vet who specializes with goats. And I get so many messages from people thinking that I'm a vet and asking me what to do when something crazy happens. And my first thing is take them to a vet. Well, I can't afford a vet. Well, then you shouldn't have a goat. Right. right. So, And I say this to young women all the time when they're
0: like, I want to get a dog. mm -hmm. And it's like, be, make sure you have the money to take care of the
1: dog. They're not just cute animals. Things happen. And, you know, I am fortunate enough to be able to, you know, provide, you know, for all of these unexpected things, because I have 400,000 supportive, awesome, amazing followers who, when something happens with one of the goats or they need, a set of expensive prosthetics, they jump in and we'll raise the money for prosthetics in a couple of hours. Right. You know, but that's not everybody can do that. And you just have to, part of being a responsible goat owner is also knowing when you shouldn't own one. And I think there's a
0: a big business lesson in here that you and I were talking about earlier that you want to have, you want to be able to make enough money as you were saying about to be able to take care of the goats and, So for people who are listening to your story and thinking, I'm going to do that and I'm going to put a goat, you know, I'll put a goat and a duck up on Instagram and imagine Mm -hmm. what will happen is that you need to have the money to do it. And because you're a business person, there are things you're doing that will bring money to you. So you're writing your book. So this is not just a go live on the farm and hope the money pours
1: in. Um, there's of, a business
0: sense tied to it
1: right one of the one of the questions I get a lot or are you know oh that's so cute your life is so great I want to do that too right. I want to have a rescue and when I do give advice I say start small start with two goats or two ducks or two whatever start with two of something and do not get another animal until you have your routine down until you have plenty of food until you have extra money And when adding that animal, the next one, then you get that routine down and you get, and then you can then take on, don't go out and get 50 animals and say, I'm starting a rescue because then I'm going to have to take them when you give up. So, um, yeah, just go very slowly, try to find other ways to, you know, bring money into, you know, to your rescue. So you're not having to rely on donations all the time. So I am, I, do- I am very excited about our four books that are coming out in the next year. Um, I'm constantly trying to figure out ways to bring in money. I hate begging and I hate asking for donations. Um, I welcome them, but I don't want to rely on them. So I try to find other projects. We do a lot of little cute sock campaigns with a pair of socks with their little goats on them. Um, we've got a book coming out next month. And then after that, we're launching a children's book series, which is going to feature Polly in her duck costume as the first book. And then the stories of all of the goats and those will be for kids um, and really, you know, talking about disabilities and acceptance for kids. I just think it's wonderful how you've connected
0: those dots and the story. I can't wait to read the stories because as you were saying earlier, you just can't make this stuff up. That's yeah. my hairdresser says this to me all the time. He's like, honey, you just can't make this shit up. Okay? Right. <laughs> it happens in life. And the thing that I hear Leanne throughout your story is that you took action before you found the courage. You didn't like say, I need the courage to take this action you had, you took the action and then you found the courage. And we talk about that a lot on this show. I'm impulsive
1: and I, um, I don't, I'm not getting any younger. So I don't, I think if you overthink things, sometimes you'll just never do it. Right. And I try not to be that way. So one of the scariest things that I've had to do recently, you know, we had, I moved in June to A bigger property with my husband and I built a barn which could hold you know probably comfortably like 30 goats and when I moved I had maybe 10 and I thought all right I'm doing special needs how many special needs goats can there be out there it's gonna take me five years to fill this barn and it was full within three months and I'm really finding the need for home for special needs goats is really it's it's crazy. They're everywhere. And the, the bigger we grow and the more people that know about us, the more calls I get. And I can't say no most of the time. So, you know, one of the scariest things I've had to do was, you know, I had to say either I have to say no to goats for the next 15 years because I'm full or I need another place. And I just didn't overthink it. I started looking and fundraising and I found a place for rent 15 minutes from my house. And I just, just did it. I just called him up and it was so, it happened so fast and I just went for it, but I knew deep down I needed to do it. And it was terrifying. I now have three girls living there full-time caretakers and we're already, you know, putting goats over there. We have 13 goats over there now. And how many goats do you have total? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I think it's, it's um, around 40 right? and I have two more on the way today, little twin girls. And, and now I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at the property and I'm thinking I'm going to fill this place up. I signed a two year lease. I'm like, I'm not going to make it two years. I've, I'm already looking for the next place. So it takes, it takes guts and you just sometimes have to, I mean don't be stupid about it. Right. But well
0: and I think it goes with there's a combination going on for you. It's something you love. Yeah. It's something you were ready for. Mm -hmm. Maybe you didn't know exactly what you were ready for, but in your life you were ready for this change. Right. You have a support system, your husband was supportive, your family sounds somewhat supportive, but most importantly your husband was supportive. Mm -hmm. And the world needed what you have. You just didn't know it. Yeah. And so I think you had so many, it's not even the trifecta. There's way beyond three things that were going on that just makes what you're doing so wonderful and makes, and makes it for the world wonderful and wonderful for you. And now we're going to do what we're done with. So we talked about what we're doing. Now we're going to go with, (laughs) I'm done with that. So I am done with saying that I'm creative but not using my creativity, my inner creativity. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, I think as most entrepreneurs, we are creative, Mm -hmm. but somehow it gets buried under all the details of all the stuff you've got to do to stay alive. So I'm bringing that back into play. And I just had a meeting the other day. And so I want to make this like visualize this. (laughs) So I had a meeting the other day and I thought, I want to go back to my creative self when I would draw things out. So I take over my big pad and I take over my pink, um, Sharpie, and I, we sit at, we're at quotidian, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, so here's how I see your business evolving, and I start drawing stick figures, and I start drawing <laughs> it out, and the first people at the table were just looking at me like, okay, I don't know what she's smoking, crazy. Right? we're not sure we want what she's smoking, but okay, whatever, and at the end of it, we had the best meeting, because everybody got creative, people were picking up the pen, and they were like, well, what about if we move this person over there, and we do That's this, great. and we do that, and it just opened up that flow, so I'm done with stick saying I'm creative, because I am creative, Mm -hmm. but letting it being buried under the details of being a business person.
1: That's great. So do you paint or?
0: You know, I don't. But part of that is because I don't think I'm good at it. And that's one of the other things that I'm done with. If I'm not good with something, I can't
1: do it. I think business people have a hard time doing both because you're... You know, if you have, especially if you're also technical, you can never just like let it go. Right. And let it. You still, you pick apart every little thing. I'm kind of the same way. So that's my message to our listeners today is
0: if you are creative, be creative. Yes. And we're all creative, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You may not even recognize it. So find that inner creativity and do something with it even if it's just something to do at home, I do knit. I love to knit. I
1: want to, I want to learn Learned to knit. knit. Okay. So I'll teach you how to knit. <laughs> yeah. and... I have lots of goat sweaters and I and need to teach make. how to feed a goat. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> okay. One's a little easier right. than the other.
0: <laughs> and the knitting's not that hard. No. <laughs> oh gosh. So what are you done with? I,
1: I would have to say I'm done with really caring what people think. Uh, I just, you know, being in a, the public eye and, you know, I, I was having to really watch my words and, you know, I have to be careful with what I post because everyone gets offended these days about something. And I'm trying to, you know, because I'm vegan, I have a lot of vegan followers, um, which is great. They're my peeps. But if I post a video and, you know, I'm you know following a little goat around and, Someone catches a glimpse of the slippers I'm wearing. Oh my gosh, are those wool? Are those, you know, and it's just stuff like that. I started really getting stressed out about my posts. And one of the other things is I feed my baby goats milk from the grocery store, whole cow's milk. What else am I supposed to feed them? I don't breed, I don't have (laughs) goats laying around, you know, waiting to be milked, but. A lot of people will have problems with me going and supporting the dairy industry and buying milk. And so I hid that for a long time. And then recently I just said, you know what? Like I don't care anymore if you don't like it, unfollow me, don't support me. And I started just being very honest about things. You know, I, yes, I buy milk for my goats from the grocery store. And yes, my husband is not vegan. We have cheese and in our house, you know, this is a sanctuary. People are like, Oh my gosh, how can you do that? And I just started to just take me as I am. This is what I do. This is how I believe. And if you don't like it, take a hike. (laughs) I love, I love that. And I love the fact you're
0: saying it with such conviction. Like you're not Mm -hmm. just saying, Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, and when you, when you get to that point, when I, I got to that point as I was writing posts on Forbes and when I, when I look back at some of my first posts that I wrote, they were very just me. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't believe I saw this. I can't believe I read this then because I thought nobody's going to, you know, I mean, how many people are going to read this. It's Mm going to be maybe, maybe a thousand if I'm lucky. Well, then when you start to get into the millions of people reading you, you start to look at it and say, well, maybe I should like tone it down a little, but it takes away from all your person, or maybe I should do. And I spent so much time like looking up words, like with this word, not even like for the sake of making the sentence better. But is this word the right word to use? Mm-hmm. If I'm, t- and it was like for what? I just mean, just be you. Just
1: be you, mm-hmm. and it sounds so cliche, but it's it's the truth. If you if you do everything to please
0: other people, you will never be successful, right. ever. And when you tell the truth, it's so freeing, right? You don't have to keep track of anything. I know we were told this when we were kids. Your parents would say, "Don't lie, because then you know no, you can't. One lie leads to another." People respect you. For for it. Yes, it's just it's so freeing. My husband and I talk about this all the time that there are no secrets mm-hmm. between us. Um, I mean, I may have bought a coat, I didn't tell him. <laughs> I, didn't, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the important things in life, right? There are no secrets. And you don't have to worry about them. Right. So if he goes into my phone, like if he's looking for something, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh my God, did I say <laughs> something? Did thing. I do something? It's yeah. like I don't care. Right. And vice versa. So, in the end, I feel like we've just touched the surface of all of your stories and we talked about the 40 goats. Is there anything that we haven't mentioned that you think is really important that we, sh- we should talk about?
1: Well, of these 40 goats, my little children, my kids, um, the really inspirational part of that when you see them and when you follow their stories is they're not just, you know, 40 regular goats – Uh, Many of them have lost limbs to frostbite or are born with severe deformities. Uh, They are walking around with prosthetic legs. I call them my robo goats and we work with an amazing company called animal ortho care and he custom builds, uh, these little bright colored prosthetic legs. And it's amazing to watch these goats that have lost their, their legs and their limbs and they put on the prosthetics and they are running around with the rest of the the healthy and whole goats, you know, playing and headbutting just like everyone else. Um, so it's really something to see, you know, and it's just really the whole message about, you know, acceptance and inclusion. These animals, I have, you know, a huge black goat with big horns and then I have a tiny little goat in a wheelchair cart, but yet they all accept each other and they all get along and, you know, they can really teach us something about that. If that isn't a message for the world, I don't know what is. And you
0: can see the pictures of the goats on, if you go to Instagram to goats of anarchy and you'll smile, they'll make you laugh. And one thing, Liam, when you got here earlier, you would show, you showed me a picture of two goats that are coming to you Mm -hmm. today.
1: And can you just tell us briefly about the goats So these two little twin girls are coming from Alabama today. I'm really excited to get them. They were born prematurely and had some weakness in their front limbs, so they couldn't stand. The people that had them before didn't really know what to do or how to treat them. So they reached out to me, which I commend. If you don't know how to take care of a disability or something like that, find someone who can give them a chance. And they did, but they now have been laying on their chests for three weeks with their front legs spread out kind of like a turtle. So they go straight out to the sides and they've kind of been growing that way for the last three weeks. And there's a condition called swimmer puppy syndrome where the little puppies will actually swim, waving their arms, you know, side to side. And it's similar to that. So I'm hoping I'm going to do everything I can to fix them if we need surgery or carts or whatever. So I'm going to get them today and they're adorable. And we started off talking about being
0: contagious. Yes. And I hope <laughs> that your inspiration is contagious. I hope so too. I have a feeling it is. <laughs> So, Leanne, this is one. I want everyone to know where to follow. Not, I mean, you have millions <laughs> of followers, but you can always use a few million more. Yeah. Where do we follow you? Where do we find you? And on Forbes, I will write a post about all this as well and where to get your
1: books. Well, um, you can search go- just for Goats of Anarchy, and all of our links will come up, or goatsofanarchy.com. Uh, my main social media platform is Instagram, and that's Goats of Anarchy. This was wonderful. Thank you again for
0: making the trip in. I had a blast. Thank you. I love this that Leanne said, goodbye, city life and farm living is the life for me. So I'm not sure I'm ready to move to the farm, but I am ready to visit that countryside. So thank you so much for joining us today on Mentoring Moments and to make sure you're getting Mentoring Moments the moment it's live, which is every Wednesday, subscribe on iTunes and rate and review. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you have the courage to take the leap like Leanne did? And maybe it's not quitting your job and taking care of goats, but do you have the courage to step out to find your happiness? And how happy would we be if we gave up high heels? Literally, Leanne gave up her high heels. But looking at high heels as the things that get in the way of us living a happy life, are you willing to look at your life and say, what do I need to give up so I can get to where I want to go even faster? And after hearing Leanne's story, do you still care about what other people think? And before we go, remember to go to podcastone.com to find all the great sponsors of Mentoring Moments. Because of them, we can bring you the show each week with limited ads. To learn more about them, go to the Killer Deals link on podcastone.com and check out the Mentoring Moments page. Also, Mentoring Moments is a participant in the Amazon Associates program, an affiliate advertising program designed to provide a means for us to earn fees by linking to Amazon.com and affiliated sites. You can link to Amazon at podcastone.com. So I'd love to know what you're thinking. Please let me know. You can find me on Twitter at Denise Restari. And until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. Hey guys, David Smalley here reminding you to check out Dogma Debate on the Podcast One app, iTunes, and basically everywhere else you could possibly hear a podcast. Dogma Debate is basically a way for you to peek in on conversations you've always wondered about. Say, a hardcore anti-gay preacher meets an atheist who knows the Bible like the back of his hand. Or a far-left social justice warrior meets a different kind of liberal who doesn't want to join in on the riots. On Dogma Debate, I talk to people who completely disagree with me. And I let them tell me why they think I'm wrong, why I should be on their team, and why they take such an extreme stance. And sometimes, you'll just hear me hanging out with like-minded people and laughing during segments like Republicans Say the darndest Things or Fact Check Yo Mama. It all happens on Dogma Debate, right here on Podcast One.
1: At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it? Covered it. Click
0: for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance
1: Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
0: I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S.
1: might do to him. The
0: United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower that does not appear to be following following the rule of law is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.